Time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Week 15, National Football League kickoff with Boomer and Valenti back with you. So much to discuss, including this electric turquoise... Corduroy? What? Yeah, it's a corduroy shirt, man. My goodness. It's kind of like green, so it's a little bit Christmassy, and I got a Christmas tree behind me, so I figured I'd bring out the best in you today with your little cold that you have there, and you bring it here to New York with you. How about this? I'm wearing, you. I'm wearing black yes. in honor of Brandon Staley. Uh, oh, boy. I, no, no, hold on. I take pride in the fact. I think we're right more than we're wrong. I think we do a good job with this program. We talked about this guy last year. But last night, uh, Boomer, of all the games you've watched, that is one of the most embarrassing laydowns I've ever seen. I, st- can please, what does this guy have that he hasn't been fired yet? Uh, you know, I put in 186 games, and I'm sure I had about 10 of these games where I was on the wrong side of it, and it's no fun. It is not fun. And the fact that he did the halftime interview of this particular game was amazing to me. And I, I give him credit for being professional in that moment and trying to say the right thing when there really is nothing that you could say. I don't know what he said to his team at halftime. I don't know what he could say, but I will say this, that it was an embarrassment. And uh, the fact that they lost the heart and soul of that team, Justin Herbert tells you all you need to know about. I think the long-term viability for Brandon Staley, when this show airs, would I be surprised that he would be fired because it's a short week and there's more time to, get a next coach acclimated, I wouldn't. But then again, I could also see the Spanos family waiting until the end of the season. Uh, Please. And and again, guys, that is one of the most attractive jobs in the league. It should be. Yeah. Uh, More on that later. We're going to have a little role play later. Uh, Let's get to the rundown, shall we? The NFL Rundown. In a story that this man, in his holiday corduroy, broke in September, he told you then Bill Belichick was going to be out. Well, guess what? I'll tell you, Boomer, reports now, everyone's getting in on it. Now you're getting some of the dirt. So this is happening. Who's going to be the next head coach of the Patriots? Yeah, it could be Gerard Mayo. Could could possibly be Mike Vrabel uh, if he wanted to go back. fascinating. You know, interesting. You know, Vrabel went back and got uh, honored, uh, got put into the Patriots ring of honor, had the red jacket on, had the red ceremony when Tennessee was on their bye week. And he was up there in Belichick's box, and that was very interesting. But I do think that Gerard Mayo in-house is a favorite of Bob Kraft if, in fact, they want to go that way. I don't see them going the Josh McDaniels route. I don't see them going the Joe Judge route. I don't see them going oh, the God. Matt Patricia route. I think if you know this does come down to the way we think it's going to come down, it's going to be a total house cleaning of everything. There may be some personnel people they keep. but um, Is there any element of this of Belichick wanting to leave? I, you know, I think, let's be realistic, it's gotten stale. I mean, that's, that's the yep. thing. And they have not done well with Cam Newton. They have not done well with three years of Mac Jones. And it's been four years now. I mean, enough already. And I would think that if you are Bob Kraft, you see it from your box, and you say to yourself, this is not exactly what the fans want. And these owners, I always tell you, they can see the business side of things. Yeah. So when sponsorships go down, when season tickets go down, and the team is losing and it's lackluster, uh, I would just think that there would be a, a natural 
dividing point where they both realize that it's not working anymore and that they should move on. I think the thing that's so surprising to me is how bad the staffing has been. You remember when we were talking last year, you're like, wait, you have Matt Patricia calling your offense. He's a defensive guy. We're playing this game about not paying him like a – the staffing – it's like Bill's – the people Bill hired really – not only failed him, but, like, he failed them. Yeah. He had guys in position that didn't make any sense. And just remember, he runs the whole show up there. I mean, so if you are removing or allowing Bill Belichick to leave, then you have to rebuild the entire organization. You have to have somebody, yeah. yeah, structurally, that is going to be able to to run the organization and take over both the general manager on the general manager side and then, of course, on the coaching side. So, to me – I mean, it's a big undertaking that Bob Kraft would be considering uh, going down this road with. And then the question is, where does Bill Belichick end up? I think I only have three places where I think it makes sense. I, I can't believe that it would be anywhere else. Okay. And it would either be the Washington Commanders with a new owner, Josh Harris, because of his ties to Annapolis, where his dad coached, so he knows the area very well. That would be a very comfortable move for him. I would think the L.A. Chargers, assuming that Brandon Staley is going to go, and because Justin Herbert is there. Or I could see possibly the Bears with the number one overall pick and then have his pick of of Blake May or Caleb Williams. And the interesting thing about the Bears, Mike, and you know this, that's a legacy franchise. Yes. They're not run like one, but they are one. Right. So and Bill Cower once told me that if he were going to ever go back into coaching, the Bears would have been the perfect place because it's an NFC team and it's a legacy team. And it's not like an AFC team like the Patriots where he'd have to go back and play the Steelers every other week. All right. um, To the tune of Jimmy Johnson screaming this, how about them Cowboys? Uh, Just so impressive. We talked about it. We were all over the game. So start there. Statement win for them. Statement win for Dak. Are you prepared to say Dallas is better than Philly, Dallas. It, the power rank in the NFC would go San Francisco, Dallas, Philly, or is that premature in your well, mind? Well, right now it goes San Francisco, Dallas, Philly without question. Okay. And uh, Dallas extracted the revenge that I expected fully. Uh, Philadelphia has given up over 90 points on defense in their last three games against the Bills, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. By the way, that's quite the little schedule right there. It is. That it wasn't easy for the Eagles, especially the way the schedules were set up where Dallas and San Francisco each had 10 days before they played Philadelphia, and Philadelphia had to go on the road to go see Dallas. Not easy. I'm not not killing them for it. And they paid the price. They went one and two in those three games, and I think that Philadelphia's defense is very suspect, and I think the turnovers that are happening from uh, Jalen Hurts is also a major problem, and I'm sure that they're trying to get him to stay in the pocket, read the defenses, and throw the ball. I think that's where the wide receivers really get frustrated. It's one thing to play secondary off-platform football, But when wide receivers are running their routes and they're running open and the quarterback is not throwing to them on time, then that's when they really become, uh, I I think, frustrated and annoyed with what's happening. So what do you attribute to the change? I I think for some reason, you know, Jalen is just not comfortable this year. You remember, this is a team that lost both of their coordinators from last year. We talked about that impact that that was going to have. And Shane Steichen obviously knew Jalen Hurts exceptionally well, brought the best out in Jalen, and was able to talk to him. When I lost my offense coordinator in Cincinnati, I part of my game went with him when he went to become the head coach of the Jets, and that was Bruce Coslin. So I know that that relationship is real, especially when you're successful with that OC. So that's a big thing that's going on in Philadelphia. They also lost their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who's the head coach out there in Arizona. 
and look at what happens to their defense. Well, and again, it's another game. You brought this up. Look at time of possession. They can't get off the field. It's not that they're just giving up points. I think the possession was 38 minutes this this past week. You're never going to win oh, games. They, 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 listen, this is uh, Dallas was laying in wait for them. I wasn't surprised about it at all. The other thing, too, that you have to remember now, Dallas has a much tougher finishing schedule yeah. than Philadelphia does. Philadelphia goes to Seattle this week, and then they have the Giants twice and Arizona in between that. So you would like to think, I believe, that Philadelphia has got enough left in the tank to get the number two seed and win the NFC East because Dallas is going to be tripped up here somewhere along the line. All right, let's go to Kansas City. Uh, I mean, full credit to the Bills' defense, but my God, this Chiefs' offense is a mess. 33 drops on the year. Now you got Travis Kelsey going on a podcast, and he's free to do whatever he wants to do. But don't blame the media because you guys can't catch a pass. And then Mahomes, look, you love him. I love him. He's the best quarterback in the league. That meltdown was unhinged. Well, both he and Andy Reid had a meltdown after the game. And I would also say that uh, you got to understand the emotion within the game. They have lost now a bunch of games that were really close and for different reasons, whether it be a non-pass interference call, I think it was against the Packers, I think, or the Eagles. I I, I forgot which game it was. Oh, yeah, the Packers game was the, uh, the, was the interference. Call. The right. Eagles game was the Valdez-Scantling val- Christmas drop, gift. The drop, right. and then, of course, now you have the Kadarius-Tony uh, lining up in the neutral zone. Which Kadarius-Tony? I've said this now for our entire existence on this show. If you employ Kadarius-Tony, here's the T-shirt I send you. <laughs> Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. This is who he is. Yeah, and I have to say, that was one of the most amazing plays I think any of us have ever seen in a football game to have Travis Kelsey have that wherewithal and that presence of mind to do what he did. And, you know, this is what happens in their practice all the time, by the way. This is nothing new for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's new for us because we see it on the field for the first time. But they do this stuff in, in practice because I think they're bored because they're so good. But I do think that they lost three really tough games in three different scenarios late in the game. And that's why Patrick and Andy Reid made the mistake of going after the officials. You notice they came back the next day and they both apologized because they realized what the officials did was right. Yeah, they needed to. It was too much. Yes. I I get the emotion. I love the passion. But, I mean, my God, like, calm down now. He was offsides. And, by the way, they're going to go on the road in the playoffs, and I think that they are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I could see them going into Baltimore for championship weekend and and beating the Baltimore Ravens. But they're going to have to do it. You know what's funny? We always say it. I go, hey, they better get comfortable winning 20 to 17 games. That's who they are. People need to recognize the 35-32 Chief, that's that's gone. It is going to be defensive. It is going to be low scoring. They're not – I just don't see a scenario they, quote, get right offensively. This right. is what you are. I still believe they're going to win the West. They're going to have a home game that first weekend in the NFL playoffs, and they're going to win that game, and then they're going to go on the road. And I don't necessarily know that there's any other team in the AFC that can – comfortably feel like they can beat them. Even Baltimore is going to go into these playoffs with that thing over their head like, okay, can we finally win a playoff game with Lamar Jackson? Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk about that. Yeah. Um, let's. Tr- I'll try to keep this even. I'm not going to go unhinged on this. Okay, Tommy DeVito. In a serious manner, no jokes, none of, none of this, and I'm not putting a fedora on. What do you make of this kid? Is there any shred of this that's real, or is this just fun? Uh, I think we're going to find out this weekend on the road in New Orleans. There's three games of tape on him. New Orleans will look at this. Uh, he did not play well against the Dallas Cowboys until late in the game. Got a couple, oh, by the way, touchdowns, which helped him and propelled him over the next three games. A little different story now, going on the road, communicating, 
good defense, solid football team, still also trying to make it to the playoffs. Oh. Uh, we'll know Monday morning. I, I don't think he's going to do well this weekend. I think it's going to be a real struggle. I could be wrong, I, I, but I could be 100% right. And if I'm 100% right, then it's a good story that is coming to an end. This is the problem. And, and Brian Rascona, Scones, who, who works with us on this show, he can't understand me, and I don't understand him. Because I was sitting here three weeks ago going, all right, we're getting Drake May. Like, we're going to get a quarterback. We're going to get this right. And now all of a sudden, here here we go. (laughs) Oh, one of these. I I got Bobby Cutlets. And he goes, how do you root for your team to lose? I go, how do you root for him to win? They're not not making the playoffs. Because I'm a fan. That's why. I'm a fan of my football team. I want to see them win week week in and week out. Whatever Cutlets is, he is at the end of the day. But I want to see my team win. Do you want to see them win for the next 10 years and have a Lombardi trophy? Yeah, but that's not guaranteed. Look at the quarterbacks that were drafted last year. One out of the three in the top five picks have actually... No, one out of three is good. Yeah, the right. other two stink. I know this. Right. So what are you going to take, a 33% yes. chance and for maybe drafting that right quarterback? 100%. I don't know. Uh, I, I want uh, my team to win. But Boomer, you yeah, hold on. Let, let Boomer be the arbiter of peace. It, you at least understand both of these perspectives. I do. And I'm I, not and out I, of my mind here. And I lived through it. And I lived through it with the New York Jets when they won a meaningless game out against the Rams. Oh, and then God, they lost Trevor that Lawrence. on Trevor Lawrence. And they ended up with Zach Wilson. How's so, that working out? And, you know, I, and I'm always, I'm a big believer. You just, until you get it right, you just got to keep trying to find that right guy, that right guy, especially the best way to do that is unfortunately to lose. Right. When you're two and eight, Brian, yeah. I love you. You know this. But when you're two and eight, you know, I, for lack of a better term, you've already showed your ass. You're two and eight. Just be two and eight. Just, just die. Welcome to another Evan Neal. Great, thanks. I, hey, I, he's I, put dominant tape out there. Just ask him. Great, thanks. <laughs> I would just say I'm calling this a draw. Okay. Uh, this is giant fan on giant fan crime going Fair. on right here, and I have to live it in my personal life with all my giant fan friends because I have the complete uh, situation and perspective. As I as I normally would, and this is exactly what goes on in that world. Like you guys don't know really what you want. I'm just sad, and I don't want to be sad. But you got a coach, though. You got to admit that. Hooray, uh, Zach Wilson. What the heck was that? Where did that come from? You know what? There was no pushback from the Houston Texans at all on offense. They lost C.J. Stroud. They lost um, uh, what's his name? Uh, their other wide receiver, Nicole. Tank Dell. No, no, Tank Nico Dell. Collins. Nico Collins. I'm sorry, Nico Collins. They lost him early in the game too. So there really was no offensive pushback. The first half of this game was terrible. And then all of a sudden, finally, Zach got into a little bit of a rhythm for the first time this year. He played loose. And he did. And he threw accurate. And he was fine. He still has the penchant to roll to the right and throw it back to the left. Yeah, he thinks roll he's to the left, West throw again. it back to the right. And there's still that high school and that college boy in him that thinks he can get away with that. And to me, the Houston Texans were done in the second half. So there really was no pushback. Let's see how they do this week against a wounded Miami Dolphin team who will put up some numbers, and he's going to have to react to those numbers. They get down 14 nothing. He can't go out there and go three and out. No. It's different. I, look, I'm, I'm just interested. It was fascinating. He played. It was even more fascinating. He played well. Right. And, look, it just gives you something to watch if you're a Jet fan. My prediction, he ends up with Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings next year. How's that? Who am I to argue? You, okay. had, you had the Belichick thing in September. I'm not going to say a word. All, all right. right. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Right, we're, we're all set. Now, <laughs> okay. listen, we're going to get to the picks. Yeah. We got some fun role play later. Uh, you know, owner, coach, some fun. We'll get to all of it and more. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila. 
the Reposado, Añejo, the Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal, Casamigos Tequila. Brought to you by those who drink it, it's Casamigos Tequila. They remind you, as always, to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Uh, this, guy, this guy to my right, he's not only hot with the holiday corduroy, Eight and four last week. Nice, nice week for Booms. Well, I appreciate that. Thank Six you. and five for me is just getting by. But whatever. Let's get to the picks. Picks of the week. All right, game number one. This is this is about the market overvaluing something. Bengals laying three and a half, hosting the Vikings. Nick Mullins, your latest quarterback for the Spin a Wheel Vikings. And Jake Browning for the Bengals, who have put up 34 points in back-to-back weeks. And the one thing I worry about here is the Vikings and their defense and how good Brian Flores has been this year. He's coaching himself back into a job. I think so, too. And I think you should get an interview. Well, question. And I do think that the Bengals have played so much better around Jake Browning the last two weeks than they did against Pittsburgh. And Jake Browning actually said it's because they simplified things for me on the offense. They simplified pass protections. You know, I actually do like the Bengals here. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm really? gonna lay the, I'm gonna lay the three and a half points, just because you know the Vikings really haven't done anything offensively since maybe about four or five weeks ago, and they're going back to Nick Mullins. I know they get just Justin Jefferson back here. I think the game's gonna be a higher scoring game than we both think, but I'm gonna lay the three and a half, and I'm gonna take the home favorite Bengals. I think. Look, Browning's been great. By the way, all class by Burrow. Letting his oh, family yeah. use the suite. That's just cool. All right. Even I have a heart. But but look, this is where they've played so well with Browning. There's a come down due. And Dobbs was so bad. First guy's not open. I'm running for my life. No, no, no. Mullins, at least in limited duty, stood in and made some throws. 15 yard out, I got it. A dig route at eight. I I can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna take the Vikings here. I just think the market's a little inflated. I mean, Browning's been good, but come on. I give uh, Lou Anarumo, the Bengal defense, a lot of credit for keeping these games close, except for a couple weeks ago. But um, I think that he should be able to kind of stifle that Viking offense. Uh, Colts laying one and a half, hosting the Steelers. I'm taking the Colts here. I don't like the Steelers. I don't like what's going on there. Uh, You know, I know there's all these rumblings about Mike Tomlin's job in Pittsburgh, of all things. I just, they can't move the ball offensively. It's just like every game, it's like pulling teeth. The one thing the Colts do do is they do play defense well, even though they got hammered by the Bengals. I'm going to take the Colts here. I think a low-scoring game, but I think um, the home team with the one point, one and a half point favorite, I'll take yeah. them. I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't love it. I almost vetoed it to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the Colts on a little bit of a bounce back. All right, Saturday night football, Lions laying four and a half, hosting the red hot Broncos. By the way, I love Saturday's slate of games because all, all three games they all matter. involve six teams that do matter in the playoffs, and four of those teams are in the AFC, including the Broncos. Hey, after Week Six, the Broncos had a point one percent of making the playoffs. Right now, they have a 40.9% chance of making the playoffs. I'm taking the Broncos here. I'm taking the points. Uh, I like the defense of the Broncos. I think that, the, you know, Russell Wilson is, you know, he's up and down. He's up and down. But I, I just don't like the way Jared Goff is playing. And I don't like the way the, the, the Lions defense no, is playing. I told you last week, losing to Lee McNeil is a killer for them. They got good news this week. C.J. Gardner-Johnson will be at practice next week. But, look, they're not playing good football. This has been a month of bad football, and they're a miracle comeback against the Bears away from really being in free fall. I hope they win because I don't feel like having a miserable Christmas week with my listeners, 
But I'm definitely taking the four and a half points. And the Broncos create havoc. They get to the quarterback. They force turnovers. And the Lions right now, it's like Goodwill. They're handing out free sweaters. Uh, Browns lay three and a half, hosting the Bears. Yeah, I like the Browns here. And I like what Joe Flacco's done the last couple weeks. He's kind of settled down that offense, giving them a chance throwing the ball down the field. And who doesn't love the uh, the Browns defense? especially against Justin Fields in this offense. Even though Justin Fields has ramped up his game and he's doing everything he possibly can yes. to prove to the Bears that he wants to be their quarterback of the future, and I can respect that. However, I think the Bears are still going to select a quarterback in the first round. What do you give up to get Fields? I know it's not a pick. I just I want to know. What would you give up as a team who needs a, a quarterback? Third-round pick? Yeah, probably somewhere in that nature. You're not going to give anything higher than that. Okay. I mean, you know, listen, Trey Lance went for a fourth-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. I think – Justin Fields is better than Trey Lance, so I would think at minimum a third-round pick to get him out of the building and start over again. Okay. You're taking the Browns? I'm taking the Browns. I think this is an extremely low-scoring game. It's one of the secrets in the league. Bears acquire Montez Sweat, get top-five defense. You don't run it on them. So if this is all on Flacco, look, I think it's a great story. Low-scoring game, I got a side with the dog. I'm getting three and a half. I'm going to take the Bears. Why is this game being played? Atlanta laying three <laughs> at the Panthers. This looks so stinky. Did you see the price for some tickets on the secondary market for this game? I believe $8 uh, is what I saw. I had a buddy of mine show me one for $0.45. Cents. The handling fee was cost more than the actual ticket. Uh, I'm just going to take the Falcons and move on. You ready for this? Yeah. Panthers. Okay. This looks so – this line sh- – three? Yep. Three? Yep. Panthers. Okay. Dolphins laying the nine and a half, hosting the Jets. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay, so where are their Dolphins right now? You know, that Jalen Phillips loss, uh, you know, to the Jets was huge for them, and they have not been able to replace the pass rusher that he was, and their defense is all beat up. Their secondary is beat up. Secondary made a lot of mistakes last week. It was shocking. It was shocking. I think they're going to win the game, but I think the Jets will keep it close. I think the Jets' defense is still has, is playing with a ton of pride. I'm not, I'm not buying into the whole Zach Wilson's going to put up 30 points, but I do think the Jets' defense wants to have extract revenge from the Black Friday game. Yeah, and again, this is the type I love Tua. I'm not anti-Tua, but this is the type of matchup that usually gives him issues. A defense that is physical, that is going to get some hits on him, rattle his cage, disguise things. I like the Jets with the points. I'm with you. I don't imagine Wilson's going to be great, but winning games by double digits in December is no easy task. I'll take the Jets. Titans favored over the Texans. Titans lay in two and a half. Yeah, what are the Texans doing with quarterback C.J. Stroud? What That's the question for me. What's, what's Nico Collins doing? Their offense was completely obliterated last week. They lost like five games and, you know, five players within the game against the Jets. I don't know really where the whole team is. You want to do a provisional selection, Uh, which you're famous for? Contingency? Right. No, I think I'm going to take the Titans here. I really do. I mean, the Titans got a lift by that amazing comeback at the end of the fourth quarter last week against the Dolphins. I'll take the the Titans, and I'll lay the two and a half. This makes me sad. I want the Texans in. I love the story, but I'm with you. The fact that they're favored by two and a half, it tells me a lot. I'll take the Titans. All right, here we go. The, The Rascona Bowl. Saints laying six to Brian's new favorite player, Tommy DeVito. You know, I know that you're going to probably veto this game. I can't veto it because I had to pick it on WFAN this week, and I want to stay consistent. I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to lay the six points. I think this is where Tommy DeVito has a hard time. 
I, it's just, you know, people don't understand the communication aspect of the game, uh, kind of getting to know how to travel on, you know, on the road and, and make plays and continue to do what he has been doing over this three-game winning streak. But one thing I will say is that Wink Martindale's defense has played great. They got turnovers. And it's amazing, too, because all year you're hearing how there's friction and dayball and Wink, and it's like this defense after the first four or five weeks has kind of actually been good. Yeah, listen, the friction's good, man. I mean, like, I, people don't understand. Like, you're losing in an NFL season like the way the Giants were losing. There's going to be friction everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's friction from the fans. Look at you guys. You guys have friction between you and Roscona fighting it over, like, should should they win? Should they lose? It was a verbal disagreement. Yeah, but that's a lot of friction. So it's like the Wink Martindale and the Brian Dable thing fighting over the last slice of pizza. I oh like the my. friction. Oh, dear. Um, I'm thinking the Saints, by the way. By the way, Kayvon Thibodeau has really started to put it together a little bit. Okay, good. He's less talking and more playing. Yeah, well, yes. Man. But he's been... He's been good, man. The whole defense, Deontay Banks has been good. I was, yeah, I was very scared about him early. I'm much calmer. They have pieces on defense, this offense. And it's the youngest defense in the league, by the way. Um, All right, hope you had fun with your story, Brian. I'm vetoing it, but I'd be all in with the Saints. Okay. All in. Uh, Packers laying three and a half, hosting the Bucks. Yeah, I do like the Packers here. Bucks outside, cold weather, not not big fans. I think the Jordan Love deal, they're going to have to bounce back from last week's just really disappointing loss at the hand of your New York Giants. So I think the Packers here, I'll, t- I'll lay the points and I'll take the home team. Yeah, this is a shout-out your host in the mornings here, Greg Giannotti. This is a bounce-back spot. <laughs> uh, Packers lay the three-and-a-half. It's back yeah. against the wall. Got to have it. Chiefs laying eight-and-a-half. This is the game I had the most trouble with, fellas. Chiefs laying eight-and-a-half against the Patriots. Again, I can't veto it because I did pick it on WFAN on Friday, so I am going to take the Chiefs and the points. The Chiefs, I mean, not not the Chiefs. The Patriots Patriots? are points. The Patriots and the points. And the reason I'm doing that is because of the Patriots' defense. The Patriots' defense has played well. They have really played well. And I know that the Chiefs are dealing with injuries on their own defense, and I do think that somehow, someway, this game is going to be like a 20 to 13 game, 20 to 14 game, something like that. So I'll I'll take the Patriots and the points. I wanted to pick this badly. I did. You always tell me, go against the Chiefs when they're laying like and a, you, a big number. I, if I was just about to support you before that hurtful comment, I, I just, I would take the Patriots, but Boomer, they yeah. are the noise about Belichick. This, they are so morbid offensively. Win one for the Gipper, that's what I say. Wow. Welcome back to 1940. I'm vetoing it, but it would be the Patriots. All right. The Niners. Give me the Niners. Forget it. I don't want to even talk about this game. You have to. We are awesome. Brock Purdy is awesome. He's not a system quarterback. He's an actual NFL quarterback that's doing what he's supposed to be doing, playing the position the right way, doing everything that you ask your quarterback to do. Accuracy, smarts, reading the, the defense, you know, throwing the ball down the field, not just behind the line of scrimmage. And when he throws it down the field, He's going to set a record for yards per attempt. That's your MVP right there, bro. And guess what? I just duped him into talking about the game. (laughs) My point is this. I mean, you're laying two touchdowns in December, but that's how good this team is. And we've done a nice job that, look, we've, we've hit on them when they've been a big favorite. Yes. And they don't let up, guys. They just put it on you. So Kyle yeah, Shanahan's a great coach. Uh, It's a rare big favorite. You'll see me pick this late in the year. I'm going to take the Niners. Rams laying six and a half. Commanders. Yeah, I don't like the Commanders at all. The Rams and Matthew Stafford. Like what a uh, game last week, man. I know. I wanted them to win it so bad. 
And, you know, they've come out of nowhere. I think the Rams are going to make it to the playoffs. I think they're going to be a wild card team. I, really I wouldn't do. want to face them. I wouldn't want to face them either, especially with those three wide receivers. And Kyron Williams is real. Like, this offensive line is not good, but when Kyron Williams plays, he finds these creases. First guy never tackles him. Boomer, they're they're, they're tough, man. I'm taking the Rams. I mean, I'm taking the Rams. And I, like I said, I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. Ram game for Boomer. Yeah, yes. I, I, no, yes. I know. We didn't get him to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. Right. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams, too. I, I hate the big number, but I, I feel like the commanders, it's a little bit of free fall now. Like, now it's just, all right, they've given it all they have, and goodbye. <sighs> Ravens, three-point favorites at Jacksonville. What? What, 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 is mean, that what? Num- what is that number? What is that telling you? Is there something in there that I should be uh, yeah, looking at? I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence's flowing locks. You got to roll with the Jags here. Ah, uh, here we here's the breakdown. Unbutton the corduroy a little bit. So you're getting I, you hot. Know, here's the deal. I think that the, the 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 Ravens are going to be the number one seed in the AFC, and in order for them to do that, they have to win a game like this on the road. They got a great coach to do it. Uh, their offense is now finally you know hitting in all cylinders. I'm, I'm taking the Ravens. I'm going to lay the points to take the Ravens. All right, but hold on. This is Jacksonville. Often embarrassing. It is. No disrespect I don't to Jake know Brown. How, I don't know if his ankle's 100% or not, man. It doesn't look like it to me. It's it's a home dog off a bad loss. Yeah. I'm sure he's been in the hyperbaric chamber. I don't know. And no one's ha- touching I'd, the Jags. I'd rather have him on the freaking football field. As I can't do the hyperbaric chamber. I can't do it. Lamar favorite on the road. Oh God! Just give me Jacksonville. Okay. I, it's, it's principle. I'll probably be wrong. You can you can make fun of me. I'm taking Jacksonville. All right, last one. Eagles laying four in Seattle. Yeah, I want the Seahawks here. I'll take the home dog here in yes. this one. And the reason I'm going to do that is simply because defense hasn't traveled for the <laughs> Eagles uh, in the last few weeks. I think Geno is going to be 100% for this game. I think he's going to play. And I think if that's the case, high-scoring game, maybe the Eagles win by three, but they won't cover the number. And if they don't play well, D.K. Metcalf may kill someone. True. Seriously. Yeah, I, know. I, I know I know D.K. got paid. I, I tell you, that's a name I'd watch in the offseason. He may not be there. There, there. there may be something here. He is livid every week. I kind of like it. No, I, 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 hey. Hey, you ain't going to tell him no. I, I was saying in the NFL studios last week, that is one guy that I am getting out of the way of. Uh, yeah. He comes in the He treated Fred Werner like a child. Yes. Goodbye. See ya. All right, Boomer, tell him all about Casamigos, please. All right, so what goes great with football? We all know it's Casamigos tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it, me and Mike, of course. Make sure you have plenty on hand for the week 15 games, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It's Casamigos Tequila, the best tequila on the market, and it reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. A lot to do in the final segment. We'll get to best of the best. We've got a little role play. You've got owners versus coaches, media versus coaches. We're going to have Brian Rascona tell us who we're playing. We'll do a little fun, a little battle, keep it light. But let's get to the best of the best because this is an awesome game. Boomer guided us to the Bills last week. We're going to see where he's at this week. Best of the best. This week's best of the best. This is premium stuff right here. Bills, one and a half point favorites hosting the Dallas Cowboys. So, Boomer, 
You were supremely confident with the Bills going to Kansas City. Great pick by you. You saved me a loss. Where are we at as they return home? Because this truly is. This is a spot where teams can crash. Huge win by the Bills. Huge win by the Cowboys. Well, you know, I also picked the Cowboys last week. I'd like to thank publicly Kadarius Tony for my win last week for the Bills because he, he was the one that made the mistake. Uh, I knew that the Cowboys were waiting for the Eagles. Um, the Bills are every game is a playoff game, as Josh Allen has said, from here on out. And the Cowboys tend to bring out the best in people when they come to town. Yeah, they're everybody's target. Everybody wants to beat them. Everybody wants to give them their best effort. That's why they lost to the Cardinals earlier in the season. I think this team has gotten a lot better over the last few weeks, but they are unbeatable at home. But at on the road, they are vulnerable, especially in a cold weather, windy city. I don't like Dak in that kind of situation. Uh, the Bills, to me, have gotten back to running the ball a little bit more under Joe Brady. Uh, Josh Allen now all of a sudden looks like the Josh Allen that we saw weeks two, three, and four of this season. He's had three really solid games in a yeah. row, and he's putting his entire team on his back. I'm taking the Bills, and I'll lay the points. What is the biggest thing with their defense? What's changed? Obviously, they've been rattled by injuries all year. But well, like, that's what a is, big part of it. And but also, what's changed where now they're playing a lot better, Boomer? Yeah, well, I think that you know they're stopping the run first and foremost. Um, Von Miller still haven't, hasn't given them a lot. I will say no. that. Uh, and the loss of Matt Milano, it's taken a while for them to overcome that. And I think they finally have settled that whole thing down. And they're not doing probably as much as they would have if he were still on the field. Um, but I just think that the whole thing has changed dynamically for their support of their coach after he came through all of that controversy last week. And you could see how everybody really does appreciate him. Yeah, you could tell it mattered. And they want to win for him now. They really do. It's like the opposite of last year. Like when they went through that, all of that stuff last year, now it's a different thing. There's a chip on their shoulder. And they know that they have to save their season by winning these last four games if they want to have any chance to make it to the playoffs. So something interesting. Tell me if you buy or sell this. It, it, it was just something that jumped out at me. The Bills right now have the seventh best Super Bowl odds, but only the 11th best playoff odds. So, A, do you think they get in? B, do you buy that they are indeed that dangerous? I got the three Bs, the Browns, the Bengals, and, no, no, the Browns, the Broncos, and the Bills in the playoffs. Those are my three Bs. Those are my All wild right. card teams. And I think they're going to make it. I really do. I just think that Josh Allen is finally coming back to being the Josh Allen that we all expect. He's a great football player. He does so much more on the field. You know, Cam Newton was talking about system players and difference-making players. Well, Josh Allen is in this, the difference-making player category. That's how good he is when he's playing smart football. And I think Joe Brady's got the best out of him. So You think Joe Brady's back, by the way? Back from the abyss? Back to being a hot name, maybe? Well, it happened. It, ha it helps when you have a top quarterback. I know. I mean, when you don't have a top quarterback, they were a mess down in Carolina. Yeah, you, you end up like Joe Brady and exactly. you get launched out of a cannon. And then you are asked to now save a season. Which I think he's in the midst of doing yeah. it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Bills right. here. I'll go. I'm uh, listen. You are our official Bills representative. I think you've got your your hand on the pulse of the team. I'll go with the Bills. And and again at home, I think you're right. The splits for the Cowboys home and away. Yes, they're real. Deal. I'll go with the Bills. More desperate team. All right, let's get to the final word. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. All right, Scones. 
get in here. So yes, here's sir. what we're going to do. We have pre-selected six scenarios of conversations we think are going to take place in this league. Right. We don't know who who we got to play. Brian, you're going to tell us as we go one by one through these. You have to pretend you are this person in this discussion. All right, let's take it out to L.A. first, of course. Mike, you are Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers. Great. Boomer, you are Brandon Staley, basically on your deathbed at this point. All right, nice start. You go. You're terrible. You're fired. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to tell me that. Um, they asked me that after the game last night. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't uh, do what I thought Stop I was Stop talking. Get out of my office. Okay, see I have an important call to take. Please right. leave. <laughs> Kindly leave. Thank you, thank you for all the opportunities. See You're ya. welcome. Okay. Get out. <laughs> All right, that, that was the easiest All one. All right, next. Here we go. Up to New England. Robert Kraft versus Bill Belichick. Mike, you are Robert Kraft. Boomer, you are Bill Belichick. Oh, God. This is going to hurt my heart. Bill, I've loved you. We've done so much together. We have It is time for us to move on. Robert. <laughs> I'm on to Kansas City. No, Bill, you don't understand. You, I, I'd, I'd like to relieve you of your duty. No, we have the Chiefs this week. I'm on the, I'm on to the Chiefs. I, Bill, please be a human being with me. I am begging of you. I, I have, I have Patrick Mahomes. I have to worry about Andy Reid. I can't be worrying I about this other stuff. This hold on, time out. Can I break role for a minute? This cannot <laughs> be how this man is in real life. Come on, I, Bill. I'm, I'm on, I'm on to Kansas City. I'm focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's this game right here. I'm trying to do my job. Okay, here's the deal. I'm just letting you know you can do your job until the end of the season, and then I'm on to L.A. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to Justin Herbert, yes. and you can enjoy Mac Jones. All right, or I may be on to Chicago, too. Okay. All right, Good. here we go. Yes. Let's take it to Washington now. Josh Harris, new owner of the Commanders, versus the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Boomer, you're Josh Harris. Mike, you are Eric Bieniemy. Eric are you trying to get the quarterback killed? No, hold on. First of all, Mr. Harris, respectfully, appreciate you joining us because we had a complete dirtbag on this team prior to you. I really believe I deserve this job. Yeah, I don't need you to be sucking up to me right now. All right. Well, then let me what just... I need to know is you're getting my quarterback killed. He's getting sacked. He's throwing interceptions, and it's your offense he is running, and you obviously know that he is not Patrick Mahomes. I, I know this, but it's a part of a learning process. Sam is young. He's holding on to the ball a little bit. We have great receivers. Yeah. Our offensive line needs to improve. But what I'm instilling here is an explosive offense that I have proven over time works. Why has uh, LaShawn Shady McCoy called you out as the players not liking you in the meeting rooms out there in Kansas City? What was that all about? And is it true that Patrick Mahomes feels better without you there? Josh, what I will say to you is this. Oftentimes in life, hurt people hurt people. I can't speak for others. I think LaShawn's projecting. I, I don't care to comment on the past. I have great respect for him and his work. He's projecting. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, come back in a week and we'll talk again. Oh, come on. I mean, I can't. I, I just, I'm trying <laughs> to get Give me a, a chance, I'm, man. Listen, you don't understand. I'm trying to get a new stadium. I'm trying to get the city of Washington, D.C. to come to the forefront with all the money that I need to build a new stadium. And, and you know what sells tickets? Offense. Washington, D.C. area. I will, I will produce an offense that will put butts in the seats. I will talk again.
All right, let's take it out to Chicago now. Matt Eberflus versus the decision-maker oh, Kevin God. Warren. Oh, Mike, you are Kevin Warren. Boomer, Matt Eberflus. Matt, listen, here's the deal. <clears throat> I need an offensive head coach here. We've, we, we've, you've ruined Justin Fields. We have the number one pick in the draft. I can't entrust you with Caleb Williams. I, you got, I, I cannot keep you here. You know, Kevin, you have to understand something, that when you're the Bears head coach, Bears start with defense. It's all about the monsters of the midway. It's about the black and blue division. And it starts with guys like Mike Singletary and Dick Butkus and the Bears of, uh, of, of 1985. And I'm trying to recreate that. That's why we traded for Montez Sweat. That's why our defense has gotten so much better. And by the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, Justin Fields is playing like a man possessed right now, and he is trying to keep the job. So, uh, you know, I don't know why you would now all of a sudden want to blow up all of this when I'm trying to create a stability and a culture here that I think we're on the right path with. I can meet you in the middle on this, but you need to restructure your offensive staff because if we take Caleb Williams, I can't trust you with it. If we keep Josh, if we keep Justin and I trade this number one pick, you're going to have a bevy of pieces. What is your plan to develop an offensive system around this this quarterback look Kevin you left the Big Ten in a mess and you're trying to get the Bears a new stadium outside of the city limits that should really be your focus my focus is on football here and we have four weeks left let's see how Justin Fields plays these last four games and then we can all sit down and make a decision oh. hopefully without emotion Excuse me, I've got a call coming in Bill Okay, Matt, you're fired. Uh, Bill Belichick is the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Well, I don't know. I can't say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep it right here in okay. New York. Let's go oh, with the no. Jets. It's Rob Sala. We'll skip over Joe Douglas and go to Woody Johnson. Oh. Boomer, you're Woody Johnson. Mike, you are Rob Sala. Oh. All right, uh, first and foremost, Coach, you need to refer to me as ambassador. Oh, come on. You yes, do. Sir. All right, yes, sir. Okay, now listen to me. I don't know what the hell you were doing this year with the quarterback situation. This is two years in a row now where you've been flip-flopping and bringing guys in I've never heard of. The fans are sick of this. They can't stand Zach Wilson. You keep running them out there. I don't know what you're doing, and I, I really don't think you have a plan for this offense, especially without your star quarterback. And quite frankly, I'm watching other teams around the league lose their star quarterbacks, but yet they're still able to win with their defense and their backup quarterback, why can't you do that on a consistent basis? Can't believe I'm saying this. Ambassador Johnson, here's the deal. You knew what happened four plays into the season. At that point, we were irreparably damaged. We brought in Aaron to elevate us. The offensive line's been in tatters. I lose the starting quarterback. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. And the fact that we're even here, the defense has played out of its mind. I'm doing everything in my power. The minute we get Aaron back, we're a playoff team. We're going to win the East. We're going to be just fine next year. Go to London for the offseason. You know, Robert, you're amazing because uh, you were the one that was promoting Derek Carr in the building. You wanted Derek Carr here. I don't know what you're talking about. That, yeah, see, now I have no recollection, Senator. Now it's this guy's problem. It's that guy's problem. What, what ownership do you take of all of this? None. I'm a defensive mastermind. Just ask me. Okay. I By the way... <laughs> By the way, do you do you talk to anybody on the sideline during the game? Or no, no, I just smile and sweat. That's it. That's it. 
I look at the bright lights in the sky. You better win three out of your last four or you're going to be out of here. I actually agree with you, by the way. I know we've talked about This is not role-playing. Okay. Salah, I feel like there's more pressure on him than people realize. I think a lot of people thought it was safe he was coming back. He has to win games. I think he's got to win. And I think if they win this week, it's a, it's a much better win than it was last week. Let me ask you a question. Real quick, 30 seconds. Yes. How do those conversations actually go? You know, it, 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 you know, it could get ugly. The owner could call in the general manager and and have the general manager the be the go-between. Yeah. But I think any owner worth their weight in billions of dollars that they have, I would like to think that uh, they would go face-to-face with the coach and talk to him yeah, directly. Yeah, you'd like to think you have enough respect. There's also an agent involved as well. Oh, that's uh, Well, and that's the other thing. The payouts that some of these guys get. Sure. It's a wild game. Don't all we right. all wish we could be Jimbo Fisher? What a world. <laughs> 75 million reasons not to work. All right. We said it all. We've done it all. Uh, we are rolling on. And soon enough, it's going to be the playoffs. I can't wait. Kick off with Boomer and Valenti. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week for Week 16. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. 